Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Life After 50 show. I am Katherine Watson, and I am really excited to be here. I thank you. For those of you who are watching live, let me know you're here. Put put a uh, notice in the comments, say, hey, I'm here, I'm interested in the show, whatever. Uh, feel free to ask questions throughout the show. We'd love to have your questions, and we'll try to get to as many as we can. If we do not get to your question during the show, though, we will answer afterwards. And both Lisa and I will pay attention to this feed because I know a lot of you are going to be watching this after the show. Um, it may not be the right time for you, and you may need to watch it tonight or another day. That's fine. We want you to have the information that the Life After 50 show is going to give you. So every week, as you know, if uh, you've joined me before, we interview somebody different, somebody who has information that you need to know. And last week, we had a pharmacist on who gave us some amazing information. This week, I've got somebody uh, who is a medical exercise specialist. And if you're like me, I didn't know what that was. So Lisa Bro is going to be here today to talk to us and tell us what a medical exercise specialist is and how they can help you, especially if you're living with arthritis or arthritic pain. So I'm really excited to have Lisa here today. She is, as I said, a certified medical exercise specialist. She's also a Pilates instructor and a personal trainer. Lisa interned at Houston Ballet Academy as an assistant body conditioning manager, teaching Pilates and Swiss ball routines to the Academy's dancers. She's worked extensively with top spine area spine surgeons, chiropractors, and other medical professionals specializing in post-rehabilitation of the neck and the lumbar spine as well as over 60 different medical conditions. So what she does can affect a lot of things in your body. We're going to be talking about arthritis today, but I'm guessing we're going to have Lisa back on to talk about a lot of other things that uh, her specialty can help with. And what I love about Lisa's specialty is that it doesn't involve the use of drugs. It's something that everybody can do. And um, and it's just a matter of learning how to do it. So um, although post-rehab exercise is her passion, Lisa stays focused on clients in every phase. Her 20-year uh, career was interrupted by a devastating car accident in 2004, causing severe nerve damage, neck and back trauma, Thus, her introduction to post-rehab exercise. So you saw it from the patient's point of view. And, you know, that happens a lot, Lisa, I find, that uh, we end up being catapulted into our careers due to <laughs> life circumstances, right? Absolutely. Um, I know that I ended up in the elder care industry because I took care of my mom and my mother-in-law and I dealt with a lot of things that I didn't know what to do about them. 
And thus, the Life After 50 show has been born to help people figure out what to do. So um, you have learned, and that, you know, that's really great because not only do you have the medical expertise and the knowledge of how to help people, but you have the inside track on what they're experiencing. Absolutely. And that gives you a lot of empathy for what they're going through. And you can't buy that. You can't learn that. That is just something that you've got to have. Um, you know, you you just have it. So I thank you for coming on the show today. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Um, so let's just get started. Lisa? Thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me today. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please do comment so we know that you're here. We want to know this information is getting to as many people as possible and that they actually are getting use out of it. That is the main goal here. Um, number one, what Catherine said is true. Um, I have experienced serious chronic pain in my own body from my head going through a windshield at 60 miles an hour. So it's pretty devastating. And, um, you know, today, uh, a lot of people are amazed at the movement that can occur in this body after what it's been through. And a lot of it is due to the models that I use through medical exercise, uh, medical Pilates, and other avenues that I implore when I work with clients. Um, I know that you have, we have sometimes have to push through. We have to press in and push through to get to the goal. And I know what it's like to want to quit. I know what it's like to not want to be in my own body. I, I understand. Um, what we're talking about today as far as arthritic changes in the body Arthritic changes are applicable to everyone. No one is exempt from that because we all live on planet Earth and planet Earth has gravity. So with every step we take, especially over the age of 30, 40, especially 50, where everything starts to show up, all of those degenerative issues start to happen. We start having little pains in our wrists or something's going on in our neck. A lot goes on in the spine. I'm going to focus on the spine a little bit more. Knees and shoulders. Now, we do have osteo-rheumatoid and uh, uh, psoriatic arthritis, um, those are medical conditions. That's not so much due to arthritic change as it is a disease in function in the body. So for time in, in uh, the sake of all that have tuned in, I'm going to stay pretty much focused on the arthritic changes. So what are arthritic changes? It is degeneration. So let's use the spine, for example. There is a uh, there is a issue called the degenerative cascade. Some of you may have gone in for a back issue, right? And, you know, you go to the chiropractor. It's fine for a little while, but then it seems to creep in again and kind of pump up the volume a little bit and the pain that it's causing you. Well, that disc is impinging on a nerve root because its height is not what it used to be. There's more degeneration in all of the... Um, structures in the spine, the facet joints, the end plate in the vertebral column. Um, so what happens is those nerve roots start getting impinged. But as those things start to break down, it's, it degenerates further into a cascade. So what started where you may have disectomy would end up as a laminectomy, which is where they remove part of the bony process so the nerve root can freely move without being impinged all the way to a spinal fusion where the disc has lost all of its height and it's bone on bone. So you can see the discectomy, they just clip the part of the disc that's protruding. The laminectomy, they cut away part of the bone to free the nerve root. And the fusion, they actually put braces to 
reconstruct what would have been the height that the discs provide. That's an example of the degenerative cascade, and that can happen anywhere in the body. Where arthritic changes are concerned, if you hear the word itis, I-T-I-S, bursitis, arthritis, that means inflammation. The itis means inflammation. So how do we control that? If we know that gravity is working against us, if we're 55 and we've got our bucket list plan, how are we going to go on that hike? How are we going to do those things to enjoy that dream vacation that we've waited all our life to go on? Um, first is inflammation. There are some inflammatory foods that really elicit this response. And what that response is, I won't get into the whole anatomy lesson of it. I will just tell you, basically, it takes a lot of proteins and puts them in the blood and attracts as much water in that area to the affected area which causes the swelling that you'll see. And it also increases pain. White flour, sugar, caffeine, three of the top inflammatory foods that I know of. And in some people, dairy products. I'm not here to push a vegan diet. I'm just here to give you absolute fact of what can happen in the body. Um, white sugar and white flour are actually perceived as toxins to the body, and it immediately elicits the inflammatory response. If you've ever eaten it and the next day felt kind of groggy and just fuzzy, that's probably why. And if you notice that you're more stiff and have more pain. So just be mindful of what you eat and when, especially if you do go on that vacation. Okay, I want to enjoy this. So just for the seven days, I'm going to abstain from these things. That would be a great first step. And then have them sparingly in your diet as you want to enjoy them. Um, Lisa, yes, ma'am. Lisa, my sister has arthritis and she recently has gone on a specialized diet and I don't know all about it, but I know that there are certain things like the nightshade vegetables that she no longer is eating. She is not eating um, beans, anything, any beans. Um, and it has something to do with, I believe, lectins. Mm -hmm. but the oh, yes. transformation in her is phenomenal. I mean, we used to go shopping and she could barely, barely get around, really. And now she's just keeping right up with me. She's doing great. And she's a bit older than me, but, um, she's, she's doing great. So yeah, I, I can see how the power of diet, but she's also doing some kind of exercise too. And I think she may have worked with somebody with a similar background to you. Well, I tell you, I'm not a nutritionist, but I can tell you lectins are huge. Um, they're in tomatoes. They're in a lot of different foods. And a qualified nutritionist or homeopath would need a person to talk to you about that. I will tell you, though, as far as inflammation goes, motion is lotion and moving is improving. So if you're just sitting around being sedentary, and that doesn't mean you have to go in the gym seven days a week for an hour and a half a day and get crazy with it. We're talking 20 or 30 minutes a day of some kind of activity, walking. Going up the stairs. If you are a gym person, enjoy that. But I do want to say where arthritis is concerned, including psoriatic, osteo, and rheumatoid arthritis, you want to work the type 1 and type 2 fibers. Well, what does that mean? Your type 1 fibers are your slow twitch fibers. All that means, those are the endurance fibers. If you're going on a marathon, if you're taking a long walk of three miles or more, endurance, that's what your slow twitch fibers are for. Your fast twitch or type 2 fibers are for more powerful explosive movements like sprinting or someone scares you or if a burglar comes at the door and you jump. That's, those are more the explosive. And research has shown that working both fibers 
is highly important in staving off arthritic pain as well as stabilizing the joint. So what we, a lot of people focus so much on strength. We want to focus on stability. You can have the strongest abs in the world, but if you don't have strong core muscles or spinal posture muscles, then your spine is unstable and more prone to the kind of injury that I described in the degenerative cascade. So stay with me on this one. So basically we want to, we want to incorporate endurance exercises, which for some people, the 20 minute walk could be an endurance exercise that's not used to doing it. Or even a little bit of lightweight training or Pilates, something that's causing the body to actually go beyond its normal capacity that we do in daily life. So your weight training would be your type two fibers. Your endurance activities would be your type one fibers. You go for a walk one day, do some light Pilates or yoga or gym training, weight training the next day. And by all means, if you find that any of those activities, now let me stop for a second. And more importantly, your daily activities, if there's something that you're doing and getting up the next day and going, this really hurts. Be mindful. Are you sitting on one side all the time? Are you carrying your purse on one side all the time? Are you leaning in your car one way all the time? Are we sitting too much all day? These things produce unhealthy loads and a lot of compression to already degenerative uh, structures. So we want to make sure that we aren't overusing certain muscles and creating more imbalance and doing so in our daily lives. And that can be as simple as just kind of taking a little day diary. What, how did I move today? You know, how long did I sit? What side did I sit on? Just kind of ask yourself those questions and you'd be amazed if you just switch sides, how much better you would start to feel. I had a gentleman that it was an 18 wheeler and he had so much pain in his hip and his left hip. Um, his left foot didn't do as much driving. He just let the foot just fall to the outside. I told him to start carrying the foot to the inside and his pain went away only because the hip was stuck in that one position so much that it started stressing the structures in the hip. So he just rotated it to the inside. Problem solved. So we don't have to make rocket science out of this. It's just simple flowing movement because the more you move, the more of those joints are lubricated. The more we stabilize, the better we are. Because if you have a lot of strength but no stability, then those muscles are going to overpower that joint and you're setting yourself up for injury. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's it's really all about awareness, paying attention. And most of us are on high gear all the time. We're busy. Yeah. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're not paying attention. And I've noticed a lot with seniors that have fallen. A lot of times if you talk to them, you'll find out they were jumping up to run, answer the door. They were not being aware and mindful of how they're getting up, how they're moving and all of that. So, yeah, I think paying attention to our body, um, just noticing. I know a lot of times at my desk, uh, I'll start feeling a pain in my right hip. And if I pay attention, I'll notice, okay, look at how I'm sitting on the edge of my chair, on my left hip with my right hip cocked up, you know, because I'm just, I got engrossed in what I was doing on the computer online and stopped being aware. So I think I think that's a good point to bring out. Um, Lisa, 
what what kind of tips uh, can you give somebody other than the ones you've already talked about um, if they really wanted to start getting a handle on their um, uh, problems with their arthritic pain? And how could you work with them if they wanted to work with you? And where where are you? <laughs> That's a loaded question. Before uh-huh. That I will say I, I totally agree with you on the awareness because we take better care of our cars than we do our bodies. And if we would just tune in a little bit, it tells you a lot. It is always talking to us. That is my number one tip. Listen to your body. If it hurts, don't do it. If it hurts, don't do it. And for all of us over 50, the number two rule would be do not move in painful ranges. So you have a 55-year-old man that hasn't been to the gym since he was in college and he wants to go and he wants to do this huge thing back here when all he has to do is come here to work the same muscle. But now he's 50 with degeneration in the shoulders and he comes back here and what happens? He pulls something or something happens. We also have the office worker that's over at the computer like this in their neck and upper back are a mess by the time they get to me. So, you know, Posture is number one. My third tip would be to remain in neutral spine at all times. And here's what neutral spine means. If you're sitting on your your rear, you have two little points in your pelvis. They're sit bones. You should feel the points making contact. When those points make contact, the spine is nice and straight and everything's working together. And and I'm going to turn this way so you can see turning this way as opposed to this Mm -hmm. or this. So you can see the kind of load over time that you're improperly putting on the spine. That neutral spine standing, sitting, lying is going to really teach the body to work together instead of certain parts taking over and doing jobs they were never meant to do. Those are called compensatory patterns. That means my postural muscles are weak, so my strong chest and um, upper back muscles are going to try to kick in to where the deep muscles of the back and along the spine aren't helping. And then now we're throwing ourselves out of balance and the neck is going to go more and more like this as we do that. So another tip, uh, if you, if your pain is manageable, if you have already sought medical help and you've received full benefit from your doctor, your physical therapist or your chiropractor, then medical exercise is your next logical step. Or if your insurance has decided that they're only going to allow you to do this much and that gap remains, bridging the gap between healthcare and fitness, the medical professional has worked with you, the chiropractor or physical therapist has worked with you, insurance has said this is it, but we have this much to go to get you from here back into those activities of daily living so you can go ahead and finish the good work that the medical professional started back here. So we want to fill that gap because it's in that gap that people go back into their daily activities. The gentleman jumps off the sofa and pulls his back and doesn't understand what happened because those patterns that were faulty have not been cemented and thoroughly corrected. And the brain hasn't accepted them as a regular way of life yet. So we need to make sure those neuropathways to the brain are set. Those biochemical patterns in the body are set. Simply put, your brain has to know it's safe to move in a new way and get used to it. We're just blazing a new trail. Um, so that's where I would come in. Um, we basically would give you an 11-point screening. 
If you pass the screening, then we would do the assessment to see if that person is eligible for medical exercise training. If we spot any red flags that are outside our scope of practice, we have to send you back to either one of our medical professionals in our network or the medical professional of your choice that you may already be seeing. Um, from that point, we devise a safe and effective exercise program that is condition specific. So if you come to me for shoulder impingement, total joint replacement, arthritis, or spinal issues, then there are medically based protocols for each and every one of those 60 conditions that we manage. And we go by the book on that and then kind of get creative on our own and go through progressive guidelines. We also work with your insurance companies and write all the necessary assessment progress reports and session logs to accurately inform them of what is going on to get you pre-authorized um, for them to take care of those expenses or co-pay it with you. Um, some of the other tips, it's just a few things about medical exercise. Some of the other tips I recommend is that if you do anything at all, do some kind of movement. Now, I'm going to go back to this neutral spine here a minute. That neutral spine tells the spine when it's all stacked the way it's supposed to stack and those muscles are working in conjunction. Now those discs aren't having stressors put on them other than gravity. Sometimes we compound gravity with our posture. I mean, that hurts me when I see people do that. I'm like, ooh. So by sitting on those points of your pelvis, you'll feel your lower abs kick in a little bit. You'll feel your lower back kick in a little bit, and that cradles the spine. That's part of the stability. Those muscles around the joint are meant to cradle it and protect it like a moat around a castle. That's pretty much what their function is. That's what stability means. I am protecting you. You are safe. It is safe to move. And the brain knows if it's stable or it's not stable. When I had my ACL reconstruction and that ACL was gone, my body knew it. And so my left knee started to not want to work. It started sending the jaw to other muscles and were taking up the slack. So I was getting stronger on one side and weaker on the other because the main stabilizing ligament and that knee was gone through physical therapy and excellent care by my medical professional. And of course, I gave myself medical exercise. I'm blowing and going, jumping, running stairs, doing all of those things. So I feel like if I can do that after being in the car accident and some of the things I've been through, I just want people to know that there is a solution. Now, does this mean everything's going to be perfect and you're never going to feel pain and this is never going to be an issue? No. But what we're looking at is if you have functional deficits, if we can improve on that, no matter how much, that's better than you were. Some people, especially if they've had CVA or other issues or arthritis is to the point that they can't do as much as they used to, to be able to maintain their current level of function and not degenerate even more is huge. So we have to look at really what the game is and who is involved because every case is different. Some people just have minor aches and pains. Others are in agony, you know, mm -hmm. and pain is just no fun. There's there's no quick fix. There's no magic pill. Um, I'm not really on. I really don't like medication, especially when you look at the opioid epidemic that's going on. There's only so far that ladder you can go, and it's a losing battle, and just nobody wins. Nobody yeah, wins except for the pharmaceutical companies. We, we, we talked about, about that on last week's program. Yeah. program. Mm -hmm. That's a huge issue. So those are just some of the tips that I would give. Um, but the number one is do something. If you have to make a date with yourself or an appointment like you would for anything else important, just schedule 20 minutes a day. You can start with as little as 12. You can start with as little as 5. And a week later, you'll be amazed. Five minutes. Let me put it like this. If you do a scale of 1 to 10 and I were to ask you, Catherine, how hard are you working? And she'll say, oh, this is an 8. 
Well, next week or the week after, I'll say, Catherine, how hard are you working doing the exact same thing? And she'll say, this is six, because what's hard for you now is going to be the body will adapt quickly. It takes about two weeks with anything new. But just get out there and get moving. Even if you're cooking, you're still walking, moving around. My last tip is this. Be mindful how you move. Now, I'm going to use the um, example that Catherine gave of the gentleman that exploded off the sofa. Probably wasn't, probably didn't have strong type 2 muscle fibers for that explosive movement. But the problem is, now that we have degenerations and all these things that have been, that have been going on, I look at bones in the body like a rock. You can hit a rock 100 times and it doesn't fall apart, but it's breaking up within. It's that last time you hit it that it goes like this. And bones are very much the same way. We acquire micro fractures in the vertebra and in different bones, especially the thoracic spine here for women. And what happens is it's like a split across a windshield. You have a little crack, which is the micro fracture. It splinters all the way across the windshield and it's splintering that way through the bone. And it takes that one explosive movement off the sofa to make, potentially become a full fracture, a sprain, a tendonitis, a pulled muscle. So when we do those rotary and compressive forces too quick, too soon without purposely moving, then we're looking to probably put some stress on the body it wasn't meant to handle. Exactly. Exactly. Lisa, this has been wonderful. We have just a few minutes left and I really am excited um, about all the information you have. And I know we will be having you back again because you just have a wealth of information that I think people need to know. Um, and then this is the Life After 50 show, what you need to know, right? <laughs> so um, I'm really uh, glad that you reached out to me because I didn't know about this specialty. And I'm guessing that a lot of the viewers are like me. They did not know about this specialty. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, I'm going to put your contact information up here. But also, some people may not be in your area. I know you're in Katy, correct? Yes, ma'am. I do service the Sugarland, Katy, and Memorial Greater Houston areas. Okay. So if somebody is in another area, say they're in Pasadena, or maybe they're in another state and they're watching this program, how would they find somebody like you? Well, I think one of the best things to do is to contact postrehab.com. Mm-hmm. Dr. Michael Jones, he's the founder and president of the entire medical exercise movement. He's a physical therapist with over 35 years of experience and a PhD. And he saw the need 20 years ago, actually 25 years ago, in 1994, he saw the need for what the changes that were happening in the medical community with insurance payouts, the healthcare system. And he saw this gap and he's seen it over and over in his own practice. So he developed all of this. There's over 7,000 MESs, medical exercise specialists nationwide. Postrehab.com. I would email Dr. Mike and ask him if there is a certified mm -hmm. medical exercise specialist in their area. And um, I would definitely go through Dr. Michael Jones and postrehab.com. There have been lately some copycat uh, people trying to capitalize on medical exercise because they see that where this movement is going. And um, I would not advise that. Um, I would go to the original and go to the original source, kind of like everybody wanted to copy Pilates, but I would go and do original Pilates. I wouldn't deviate from the original. So that is how I would contact someone uh, in your area. 
And I was trying to put that that up, and for some reason it was not taking. But here is Lisa's number. Um, before that, I put up her website. Um, we will also put in the comments. Oh, I see Faye has joined us. Faye, thank you so much for joining the program. This was a great program, wasn't it, Faye? Yeah. Um, so we... Uh, you know, really thank you for coming on the program today. I really do. And um, remember what Lisa's, my favorite thing that you said was motion is lotion. <laughs> and if you get nothing else out of this program today, get that. We're meant to move. Our bodies were not meant to sit at a desk all day. Yeah. And one thing I learned to do a long time ago was to set a timer. And everybody has a cell phone at their desk. I'm sure you do. <laughs> you have a timer on your cell phone, put the timer on and remind yourself to get up every hour and walk around the room, stretch, do something, but we're not meant. And I'm really bad about it. I can sit at my desk for hours writing and doing things online and forget the time and not take care of my body. So set that timer. Um, Lisa, again, do you have any, any last words you want to put on? Motion is lotion. Moving is improving. Moving is improving. I love it. Okay. I saw that, but she said I could use it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much and thank have you. a great day. Everybody, thanks for coming on the program. Next week, we're going to have Stephanie Salcedo on. She is going to be talking about funerals. I know it's not a topic you really like to talk about, but planning ahead takes a lot of stress away from your families um, at a time where they don't need any extra stress and strain. So planning ahead is really something that you want to think about doing. She is an independent funeral advisor, so she can work with you with any uh, type, whether you want cremation or uh, traditional funeral, whatever, and with all providers. So join us next week and every Monday at 11 a.m. for Life After 50. We are sponsored by FindHoustonSeniorCare.com. Have a great day. Thanks, Bye. Lisa. Bye. Thank you, Kathy.